Hi everyone, welcome to the ADGM Think Podcast series, where we talk to global leaders around the world on topical issues shaping the financial industry and landscape. My name is Wailam, Senior Executive Director of Fintech and Authorization at the Abu Dhabi Global Market. Today, I'm very excited to have with us Ms. Aroshi Gwell from the World Economic Forum. She's a specialist at the data policy and blockchain segment. And today we're going to talk about how the blockchain um, ecosystem requires or demands a global harmonized approach to regulation um, and which is helping advance some of the agenda in order for us to support the development of the industry. Welcome, Arushi. Thank you, Wailam. It's a pleasure to be here. Last month, the World Economic Forum published a seminal white paper on the need to have a global harmonized regulatory approach on crypto regulation. And you were very instrumental in that public, uh, publication. Right. First and foremost, I'd like to congratulate you for that piece of sterling work. Thank you. In there, there are a diversity of views, right, which you trow through various jurisdictions and benchmarking uh, against uh, other jurisdictions and leading thought leaders, right? Um, can you tell us a bit about the process of um, coming out with this publication? Yeah, sure. So uh, the paper that you referred to, the Pathways to Crypto Asset Regulation, a Global Approach, um, the paper is essentially a part of the forum's Digital Currency Governance Consortium, or as we like to call it, DCGC, which is a group that was formed back in 2018-2019, uh, comprising of organizations, some 80-odd organizations from 20-plus jurisdictions, including regulators, policymakers, industry startups, uh, and civil society as well as academia. So the paper is a result of consultations and discussions from across different jurisdictions. So we try to be as broad as possible, covering uh, the Americas, Middle East, Asia, Pacific, Europe, um, Australia, etc., to to get an understanding of how the different jurisdictions were looking at the ecosystem in terms of regulating it, and why was there a need of global approach, and what were some of the challenges that were that were hampering this global approach. So that was by and large the purpose behind it. Right, right. And I was reading through the report. I was really inspired by the kind of uh, representation that you managed to get on that uh, public uh, publication, right? So the most the main trust, right, is about talking about a general regulatory approach, a global harmonized approach. Why is there now more than ever a need for us to have that global approach? Yeah, so uh, I think just before we start off, we'll just put a disclaimer, thanks to my legal background that I have, all the opinions are purely personal uh, and not attributable to any other organization that is a part of the paper or, or has been contributing to it. So coming back to the question on the need for a global approach, I think the need for this global approach has always been there because the technology and the transfer that it enables, the transfer of value that it enables is very global in nature. But the question of why now is very important because I think the ecosystem is at such a stage, it's not at its infancy, but it's not too mature yet. 
So if we can have cooperation and collaboration at this stage, it would be a great environment to build to foster innovation and manage risks. And the second reason would be a lot of work is already underway. A lot of countries are coming up with regulatory frameworks, consultations, discussion papers. So at this stage, if you're able to build out the right set of protocols for information sharing, if you're able to disseminate best practices, in the longer run, it means less fragmentation and less of conflicting approaches. And all of that, again, becomes extremely important if you want to build out a very responsible uh, ecosystem. Right, right. It is um fascinating right, attempt to try to bring various people onto the table to discuss a topic that is so contentious, right? And of course, within um, the Abu Dhabi global market, we have sort of a bit of experience in terms of pushing the boundary, right? And there are the real challenges, especially if you try to bring everyone onto the same page because different regulators, different jurisdictions are at different uh, levels of uh, readiness and preparedness. So in the course of you coming out with this um, publication, what are some of the key challenges? Yeah, so I think the one key challenge has been every country is different. They have different priorities. They have different approaches. Uh, there could be geopolitical concerns. There could be capacity concerns, both at the public and the private sector level, which means we now see a wide spectrum of approaches, right? We've seen bans, though we are seeing less and less of it now. Uh, we are seeing a lot of regulation being ha uh, being done, especially starting from centralized intermediaries. And we're also seeing a very select few trying to pick up this asset class as a legal tender. Um, having said that, an outcome of these varying approaches is also the dis divergence in terminologies that we see. We hear crypto asset, crypto token, virtual asset, digital asset. And it's not a new issue. I think the financial sector and a lot of other sectors have this issue. It's not unique to the space, but it is a challenge to have a global approach. And uh, finally, we do see some enforcement and supervision measures being undertaken. It's a work in progress. But because the domestic as well as international cooperation when it comes to supervision and enforcement is still at a nascent stage. So because of that also, it becomes very challenging uh, to, to get to a global approach. Right, right. I would imagine... Given the benchmarking you've done, right, you would have seen some of the more pioneering jurisdictions and some of the areas where there are immediate gaps that we should try to address. Right? So just at a broad level, right, what would you say are some of the key gaps that we see in today's uh, approach? And where would you think are the best practices that are coming from the various jurisdictions? Yeah, uh, I mean, we've seen very interesting developments uh, across the globe. Of course, ADGM has been one of the finery jurisdictions which came up with a comprehensive, very certain set of regulatory uh, frameworks back in 2018. And that's something, is it's a work in progress, right? Uh, and it's a really good work in progress. We've seen what's been happening in Europe with Mika, where a consensus has been brought about within 27 member countries and that's a pretty impressive task in itself even though it's been a very long extensive consultation uh, process in terms of the way we are seeing countries approach regulation largely the focus has been consumer protection uh, preventing financial crimes 
and maintaining market integrity. Those are really the three larger buckets. And within that, uh, we're already seeing licensing frameworks, especially for custodians and exchanges and broker dealers. Um, on the on the consumer protection side, for example, usually a lot of jurisdictions first tend to look at marketing and advertising guidelines because when any business enters a jurisdiction, their first port of call is to market themselves to understand what are the consumer interests. Right. Um, due to some recent events and also because of the extensive experience we have from the traditional financial sector, segregation of client funds to prevent any outright conflict of interest and to make sure they're well managed is another best practices uh, that is emerging. Um, also from a consumer protection point of view, what we've seen is uh, either the regulators are targeting what can be traded or something, the approved token regime that we've seen or who can trade it, which is a sense, essentially a classification of the consumers based on an assessment of either their knowledge or suitability in, in different ways. Uh, then stablecoin regulation uh, usually considered a part of the payment system or the money service business. That's also something which we are seeing countries look at increasingly. And finally, a very small group of countries are also looking at some of the new innovations, DeFi being an example, as ADGM is doing. Uh, DAOs and NFTs are also areas of interest that are um, emerging now. All right. It is interesting that, you know, just a simple theme like consumer protection, right? We all know that we have to do it, right? But even within that theme, you see various um, jurisdictions approaching it slightly differently, right? But beyond investor protection, there have also been recent discussions around the financial stability aspect, right? The connectivity to the traditional finance space, right? And of course, before that, I think there were a few papers to say that at this point in time, financial stability might not be an issue. But of course, if you look back just a few months ago, right, you are starting to see uh, stablecoin issuance having that nexus to the real world asset. You've got um, the Silicon Valley banks uh, that are sort of exposed to the crypto players. And of course, there are some contagion effects from there, right? So where do you see today are the main interconnected uh, issues between the TradFi space and the crypto space? Yeah, I mean, in the possibility of, uh, you know, the, the not the possibility, actually the growing interconnectedness between the financial sector and the crypto sector, uh, that exists. We've already seen a lot of interconnection within the crypto sector. I mean, you know, Bitcoin spot prices tend to determine the spot prices for a lot of other altcoins and Ether and things like that. So that interconnection already is super solid. Um, with the traditional financial sector, the, there has been some interconnection uh, given the fact that a majority of the use cases within the ecosystem are still largely focused on the financial sector. So there's anyways a lot of interaction with banks, with traditional financial institutions, funds, asset managers and the like. Um, in terms of some of the risks that we explored, even though, like you said, there's been no spillover so far and let's hope we keep it that way but there's always a risk one of the risks has been the concentration risks we still have a few exchanges few protocols few stablecoin issuers and the market is very very concentrated so that's always a risk in any ecosystem the other risk that we talked about was a risk of um, 
uh, the fact that a lot of the players in the ecosystem do not have access to very good large financial institutions which means they tend to then uh look for banks and institutions that are either beyond regulated jurisdictions or that are much smaller and that may not be fully compliant with the uh, financial regulations in place and that is a big risk for the ecosystem and for the users that um, interact with it right right it is sort of reminds me of the risk of uh, regulatory arbitrage as well right exactly where you know when they first start out regulating this space uh, we know that it is at a nascent industry nascent stage and we're trying to ease the industry into regulations and for that sometimes you have the custody of that asset that is going to be overseas but the exchange operations might be here so those are things that uh, we as practitioners uh, have to uh, think on the day day to day and see how the uh, industry evolves along the way So not an easy uh, balance to to strike. Right, we're just about coming to the end. Uh, I just want to sort of ask one more question around where do you see um, the next steps we can uh, take in terms of the recommended uh, actions uh, at the various stakeholders, whether it's the regulator or the industry, uh, and perhaps what the WEF is thinking of um, in terms of next steps, the next areas to cover. Yeah, so in terms of recommendations, the way we've looked at it is uh, because it's such a diverse ecosystem, uh, global coordination is going to be requiring action at each level, whether it be international organization, whether it be national regulators, whether it be the industry, everyone has a very important role to play. And the other thing uh, is that we really need to leverage some of our experiences from other sector, whether it be traditional financial sector, whether it be, uh, you know, the industry coordination in in coming up with data security standards for uh, credit cards, for example. So those are all the experiences we have over a number of years and we can utilize all of them for this sector. In terms of very specific recommendations, um, the international organization and a lot of them have been doing excellent work, right? The likes of uh, FATF, FSB, IOSCO, IMF, World Bank, everyone has been really active in putting up consultations and engaging with both regulators and the industry. And they are huge enablers for coordination. They can really build out standards for data sharing. They can they can be really enablers if they want to uh, work on passportability of licensed entities to reduce cross-border risks and that's where the the international organizations can have a very critical role to play for the national regulators uh, i think the the best role would be to just provide clarity and certainty to the industry through coordination domestically and also through very clear rules that are developed out of consultation and being agile in that process uh, for the industry in fact Again, a very important role they can play by looking at evolving technical interoperable standards uh, and and making sure that those standards are well disseminated. Apart from that, industries on the ground, they can really share best practices of what's right and what's not really working as well. And uh, engaging in educational efforts, a lot of the ecosystem would hugely benefit if we could educate the users, the people, the, you know, every one of us really on the technical and the financial aspects of this ecosystem. 
So those are just a few of the areas where uh, each player can have a very good role to play. Yeah, yeah. I think some of your recommendations there resonate with me as a compliance practitioner and a regulator. The things that uh, the looking towards the international standing standard setting bodies uh, for guidance for direction. Uh, I think being plugged into that global development is very key in order for us to achieve the ultimate objective or harmonized approach. Right. So, well, we've come to the end. Thank you very much, Rishi, for sharing your insights. Uh, I'm sure in the near future we'll get to hear a lot more of uh, what the Economic Forum is coming out with, and I'll be following your space very, very closely. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Wylam. It's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to be here, and thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. Pleasure, Zomai. Thank you. Thank you.